Hello and welcome to another episode of the Book Baby Spotlight Podcast, your home for interviews with authors, illustrators, editors, and other industry insiders from the world of self-publishing. I'm your host, Sam Saddam, and I'm joined by my producer and co-host, Chad Henson. Hey guys, it's great to be here. And we're delighted to be joined today by the president of Book Baby, Stephen Spots. Great to be here, guys. All right, Stephen, are you here to announce your candidacy today? No, I happened to mention, Sam, a long, long ago story that uh, I was actually vetted to be uh, a congressperson. I won't say which party just now because they're all different anyway. But uh, I just sold my family business. And frankly, I didn't have a whole lot to do. I was a lot younger in those days and had a family. And I was a native Oregonian, which is a hard thing to find in Oregon legislators. So, yeah, I was vetted for it. And then they gave me the job description. And uh, turns out, you got to spend all your time driving around rural Oregon, shaking hands and emptying wallets. And uh, that just didn't seem like a good idea. So I put my political aspirations on the back burner. But I mean, I don't think I would have been well suited for this, given my future, uh, my future in publishing, because, you know, my, my, my tagline was going to be read my lips, no new titles. So that would have gone against everything we're all about here at Book Baby. So I think things worked out for the best. Yeah, now we have you here at Book Baby. Glad to have you. Chad, this might be surprising since it's roughly a thousand degrees outside, uh, but what kind of Christmas music do you have on him? Uh, let me check and see what I got. So traditional publishers usually have two release seasons, uh, the fall and the spring, but with the advent of self-publishing, we found that our busiest season is the end of the year as everyone gets their books ready for Christmas. So Stephen, if a client wants to get their book out for Christmas, what stage should they be at right now here in July, five months out? So my advice is put down the barbecue hot dog and go back to writing your book. You need to be, you, in fact, when this, when this podcast is dropped, you really need to be basically finished with your first draft or with, your, with what you feel like you're, you're ready to present to a, um, an editor. Now, don't wait. There are many other options, even if you do your book later, and many other ways to get your book out in the marketplace. But if you want the full meal deal, you want the Amazon distribution for your printed book and your ebook and all the cover design and things like that, you really have to be finishing that book right about now. As I say... Later on down the year, there are other runways we can take you to get you distributed, but they won't have all the full benefits and features. So right now, finish that book up, hand it off to an editor. You know, an edit, a good edit really takes a month because the editor has to look at it, and then you have to look and see what the editor did. And, hey, do you like that? Maybe you really like that turn of phrase, and, the, you know, you can overrule the editor. But it, it doesn't happen automatically, and it doesn't happen in a day. You need to take the month. So then, boom, August is done. What do you need to do? Well, you need to contact, you know, find out what you want to do in terms of distribution. You know, do you want to do cover design, formatting? Lots of things to consider. I did a blog post on it about five years ago, and I keep updating it on the Book Baby blog. And it's really kind of our timeline to a holiday publish. And that, that's that's been well used for many years, and I updated it this year, given that printing is going to be in high demand this year. No question about it. So, Get that book done, save the barbecue for next summer when you're enjoying your book royalties. Well, like Publishers Weekly was saying, print books are through the roof right now. Sales are going wild. 
got to say, that was phenomenal news. I mean, the one silver lining for, for publishers and writers, you know, in 2020, believe it or not, was the fact that, you know, book sales were up during during the quarantine. Well, of course, you can't spend 24-7 on your Netflix or, or, or video games. So book sales were actually up. So I think a lot of book industry people were kind of crossing the figures hoping, wow, are we going to, you know, are, are they going to, are they going to embrace their new, you know, their, their renewed love of books? And it's just amazing. 18% ahead overall for printed book. It's, it's fantastic. And it's not just one category. It's almost every single category. The one category that's behind is the one that was a huge bestseller last year. All those parents that suddenly had their kids ahead to homeschool, that, that category was way up in 2020. So as a result, it kind of dipped down. But no, it's really good news for authors, publishers to say, my God, you know, books are back. I mean, not that they were ever gone, but I think books are now more of a habit again for, for, this, for this generation. And it's really such optimistic news. I, I can't believe it. And book babies growing by leaps and bounds as well, right? You know, I just double check with our HR people, and I'm still kind of flummoxed, but we have practically doubled our staff from this time last year. I, I, I was actually surprised when I saw the numbers. And it's a good thing because we're way, way ahead of last year. We're way over our budget. We're way over our expectations. And that means, I mean, more public specialists, more designers, uh, more pre-pressed people, and certainly a lot more equipment uh, to handle the flow of books coming out. And speaking of this time last year, we're celebrating one year for Chad Hinson there. What's it been like, Chad? Oh, man, it, it's it's definitely been been great. I always call this my first real job <laughs> um, since, since I graduated college. So it's been great experience learning ads and learning a lot about just book publishing in general. So, you know. Fantastic. So we're going to get Chad in the office ever. Have you ever met Chad in person? <laughs> no. No, I haven't. No, but see, they bulldozed most of the offices down to make way for all of our beautiful, shiny new equipment. So I don't know. We'd have to meet in the parking lot, I think. I don't know if there's any more meeting space. Let's hear about that equipment. What's going on there? So we made a real commitment. Um, You know, again, seeing this surge of demand um, and and we see it firsthand. You know, by the way, that 18 percent ahead, that's only the the traditional publishing industry. I think the self-publishing world is even farther ahead. So we thought, you know, we could either lay off demand, we could either find other printers. No, we love to do things ourselves. So we've invested heavily into state-of-the-art HP 10,000, huge bindery equipment. I mean, we literally doubled our capacity overnight. Um, We have separate lines for just books coming out of, of, you know, people ordering from from bookshop so that they can be shipped on on a daily basis. No, it's been amazing to see this tiny little, you know, our tiny little book production area, you know, six years ago is now taking over an entire giant building with all the equipment and all the people and making it all work. So how many books can we put out in, in, say, one day running three shifts? We haven't exactly tested our capabilities yet. We're probably going to do that. It's going to be in the tens of thousands. Wow. Um, I mean, you know, yesterday or last year, a good day was doing 10,000. That will be a bad day this year. So, I mean, it did in the tens of thousands, and that's even running on two shifts. And and if we have to run a third shift, which we probably won the fourth quarter, you know, just keep bringing that paper in. And we, we're going through a lot of paper. And has paper faced any uh, supply chain issues? Seems like everything is facing supply chain issues. Everything is, I mean, including cardboard boxes, you know, up, up to and including that. We have purchased ahead. We are long on our inventory, as they would say. 
uh, our accounting people are sort of in a dither about it, but that's okay. We need the inventory. We have lots of contracts. We'll be fine. But it is something to ask, you know, if you're going with somebody else, hey, are you sure you have inventory? Because I know offset printing, it can be eight to 10 weeks out now, um, you know, th- that type of work. But uh, no, we've we've sort of built in the, the capabilities and God knows what 2022 is going to bring. We'll probably have to expand out, out to the parking lot. So Chad, we'll have to think of someplace else to meet, maybe, maybe the park or something. I don't know. Sounds good. So what other services do we have coming soon? Some cool ones lately. I mean, a LinkedIn, we added LinkedIn ads to our ads for authors, which these guys know well about because they're the ones who are basically managing this program. And LinkedIn is so great. I mean, it, it's a new dimension. Facebook and Instagram are great for many, many genres, almost all of them. But LinkedIn allows a focus on, gosh, business books, you know, economic books, self-help, really anything nonfiction to me is a great candidate for LinkedIn ads. And LinkedIn has had a resurgence recently. I, I get a ton of contacts now through through LinkedIn. It's it's very much alive again um, as a as a as a service. So I strongly encourage people to dip their toe in the water, see see what they can do to promote books. So that's one thing. We've added the Book Baby app, which I'm actually putting in my next weekender about that. So if you're published on Book Baby, we have an app for that. Um, and it's really cool. You can track your sales, and we're going to be adding a lot to that. Um, and then we're going to have some more products and services coming down the pike. Can't release anything just yet, but Sam, I'll come to you first to release the news. All right. Sounds good. Uh, so what about Facebook events? I, I know we've moved into having some live events during COVID. Are those going to continue? They have been a lot of fun. You know, I've gotten a lot of comments about them. Some of them, you know, some some tomatoes thrown at me, but that's kind of fun too. No, it's it, they've been great. But in fact, the next one we're doing, I think is soon after this podcast drop, we're doing, a, we do this one, one a month. On, we're doing the last Thursdays of the month usually. And this one's going to be about editing, you know, and why, you know, what kind of editing does your book need? It's one of the biggest questions we get from people calling in and say, well, I've got a book, but do I need line editing? Do I need copy editing, proofreading? What do I need? So I hope I can demystify a little bit of that for folks. And oh, by the way, does your book need editing? Let me just go right straight to that. Yes, your book needs editing. The only, the only book that does not need editing is a book of blank pages. Other than that, your book needs editing. All right. Words of wisdom from Stephen Spots there. Uh, so what books are you reading right now? I got 30 oh, pages left in uh, Resurrection by Tolstoy. What are you reading? Oh, well, uh, yours is much more a highbrow than mine. My, one of my favorite authors has dropped his latest, Daniel Silva. He's done these thrillers throughout the year. And The Cellist just came out yesterday. So uh, if you see my out of office sign coming on my email tomorrow, well, you'll, you'll know why. Chad, what are you reading? I mean, you, you guys know I'm a marketing nerd. So so I'm reading a book called Marketing Made Simple by Donald Miller. Um, it's pretty self-explanatory. It really just breaks down how to market and do it in the most, the easiest way to get the message across. So, yeah. Awesome. I came across a book that I thought you would like. Uh, it's a book baby title here. We got Music Versus the Man by Peter Rowe. It mm. chronicles all these different conflicts between musicians and people of authority. <laughs> Seem right up your alley, Chad. Yeah, no, I definitely will, will, will take a look at it. All right. So, Stephen, I don't want to eat up too much of your time. Thanks for joining us today. Good to see you guys. Take care.
And that was Stephen Spots, president of Book Baby. Next up, Chad, let's go over to my interview with Angela Boll. She's been the CEO of the IBPA for eight years and talked to me via Zoom. Um, well, we are the Independent Book Publishers Association. So that is what IBPA stands for. Um, we are a national trade association for independent book publishers. And under our umbrella, independent book publishers can mean a lot of different things. Um, it means a hybrid publisher. It means a traditional indie press. Um, it means an author publisher, and then any variant and degree under under those three things can also find space for themselves in IBPA membership. We also we have associate members memberships for authors, just because I know a lot of authors are asked to do a lot of the marketing on their book, even if they have a traditional publisher or a hybrid publisher. So there, there's a lot of room under the IBPA tent for for people who are producing books. Um, you know, not the creative side of our industry. We do not work with um, writing. Uh, we don't talk about the craft. We don't talk about the best ways to edit. We just tell you, you need three types of editing, but we won't talk about like what makes for great developmental editing, if you will. So yeah, we are, we are an association for independent publishers to help you succeed in the business of independent publishing. That's interesting. So it's like the opposite of a writer's group. Yeah. <laughs> that's a really, inter- that, that's an important point we have to hammer home. We are not a writer's group um, and we don't talk about the craft of writing. And how long has uh, IBPA been around? Since 1983 um, as a cooperative. So we've, we have some legs under us and we've been working um, and growing with, with independent publishers since that time. We have about uh, 3,700 plus members, like, give or take every day, you know, ebbs and flows. So yeah, for, for a while now. So I imagine you've seen a lot of change uh, over that time. What do you think the biggest change has been? Yeah, I think the association for sure. I'll just uh, caveat that I've been the CEO for eight years. So my my span of my personal change that I've seen with IMP has been an eight-year change. But in terms of independent publishing, yeah, (laughs) and even in that, right, like we've had a heck of a year and a half. We've seen a lot of change over the past year and a half as that goes. But I mean, big, big things changed for, for independent publishers. I mean, we always talk about those, some of the biggest things, obviously the, the advent of POD, the advent of print on demand completely changed how publishing works and who now can have the keys to the gate, who can publish works and make them available at a basically affordable cost. And I know a lot of uh, author publishers in particular might argue with me that publishing is very expensive sometimes, but it is not half as expensive as it would be if you had to do a big, huge print run that you had to store in a warehouse, that you had to do all of these things. So I think one of the biggest things to really open up publishing and to change the independent publishing landscape was print on demand for sure. That was in the 90s. And we've kind of worked through that and, and all the online channels that have made it available to sell direct to consumer have been big game changers, obviously. Amazon, whether you love them or hate them, uh, big game changers, you know, big change in our industry since uh, IPA was started. Um, and, you know, and I think now what I'm watching in my eight years, and it's not just over the past year that this has happened, but in terms of independent publishing, the diversity of voice within the space, the number of publishers that are coming in, the hybrid publishing business model that's making it easier than ever to set up a publishing company, you know, whether or not, again, you do that reputably or not, that's an entire conversation we can have about whether or not some of these quote hybrid publishers are reputable. Um, but it is good to have that option and, and many hybrid publishers can be reputable. And that, that was something that we didn't see five years ago in our industry. Um, the rise of this kind of fee for service publishing side that was separate from like a service provider 
you know, publishing service provider, a little bit like, I guess, a little bit more like what BookBaby does. Hmm. Well, I've heard a lot of from uh, people think that the traditional publishers are now going to just lose everybody off the bottom of their barrel and say, well, we don't, you know, we, we are trying to cut costs and save money. So we're going to get rid of those authors. They follow the smaller publishers and then they make their choices to get rid of their lowest guys. And they, they're now all self-publishing. Do oh, man. That's accurate or... It doesn't sound not accurate. I mean, if you think, you know, like I haven't heard that before, so uh, I'd process it a little bit, but it certainly feels right in terms of the ways in which publishers need to trim the bottom line, uh, be very fiscally responsible because the margin in book publishing is so, so tight. So, I mean, I know it's it's more difficult than ever to be published traditionally if you're an author out there trying to be published traditionally. Um, you know, it, with the big five or four now, if you will, for sure, for sure. But with traditional publishers of all stripes and sizes, it's, it is a difficult game. So, you know, I'm, I'm really gratified and grateful. And, and I think it's a wonderful thing for our industry that self-publishing exists and is giving and providing an avenue for people who not, not necessarily because their content isn't great, but, you know, we will admit some content isn't great and that's why it's not getting through the door. But there's a lot of really, really great content that's being created that can't get through the door and self-publishing in particular is offering an avenue for people. Um, and the books that are coming out in that space are couldn't could necessarily sit on the same shelf as a Penguin Random House book, could absolutely compete in a marketplace. The problem is that they they don't. Well, I, would, I was going to say they never or they don't or they rarely do, but they kind of never have access to the same sales channels, same marketing budgets, the same, you know, kind of push in that side of the business that the, the big publishers will give their, their authors, at least at the, the higher end, if not the mid-list. Right. You're, you're talking about selling to the bookstores and the wholesalers and making sure that there are thousands of books everywhere where they might be sold and all of that, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, that, that whole thing, I think it, when you come into the industry, perhaps as a self-published author, you think that's, that might be just how it works. So I'm going to publish this amazing looking book and then I w- it will find its way into the bookstores. But those channels are so clogged by the big five already. And I guess I, I keep forgetting I'm, I'm supposed to say the big four. four um, yeah. <laughs> the big six, now the big four. Right, exactly. So speaking of other changes, the consolidation in our industry is just you find yourself having whiplash. Um, but exactly that, like that, those traditional trade sales channels um, are very rarely open to self-published authors. And as soon as I say that, somebody says, but I sold my book in my local Barnes and Noble. So yes, of course. And, you know, sometimes uh, authors can cultivate a relationship with their local bookstore and they can sell at that local level, but a, a national distribution situation in a brick and mortar bookstore, or even in a library market, you know, traditional trade channels is, is difficult. So direct to consumers. That's a half hour conversation they have to spend up with the person versus you know, uh, Barnes and Noble having Random House meet for an hour, tell them about their twenty best titles, and you know they it's already, it's already done. And think about the shelf space that you have in any particular brick and mortar bookstore. It is it's small. It's you know some of these stores can be big, generally, but it, it, in the scope of how many books are published a year, a million plus new books released every year. If you're counting what's happening and in the indie markets, um, there's no way that all those books are going to be in those shelves and they're going to prioritize the relationships and partnerships they, they already know. And you said you have traditional pub- or traditional authors working with you as well? Well, we do have a, a type of membership for author and then we kind of classify that as someone who is working with an independent publisher. Um, 
And we put that in. That's actually a very new thing for us. It just came in last year because we were finding a lot of publishers wanted their authors to join IBPA so that they could take advantage of some of the marketing programs that we offer our membership. We offer discounted marketing programs. And I mean, I guess that's a that's a little there's something in there for authors to hear and that their publishers, even if they're traditional, are looking for ways for the authors to do more marketing on their own behalf, to be better marketers of their own content um, and not to just simply write the book, turn it in, get through that grueling editorial process and then, you know, pass out. <laughs> That's the, the publisher doesn't want that to be the end for the author. They want a lot of marketing assistance. And keep marketing their book while they're working on the next <laughs> one and also start marketing that one. Start- <laughs> yeah, please. It's It's like, I, God bless, God bless uh, uh, all the authors out there because you guys are really, you're churning. You're doing a lot of, a lot of work. So let's get into metadata a little bit. Uh, I understand that that's your background is in metadata with Book Industry Study Group. Is that correct? I did a lot of metadata work with um, Book Industry Study Group, which is where I worked before IVPA and worked on the metadata best practices for that organization, which is a, probably a good, a good point. To, to you know, stick a pin in there is metadata best practices. You can download them, and that's a helpful document to maybe start with. Um, yeah, so I, metadata has a special place in my heart. I, I really do think that it is, you know, your your particularly for online sales, it's it's your first and best marketing tool for sure. I think people just kind of take, don't take enough time, even with the descriptions, which you would imagine one would think that that immediately you would want to take a lot of time with your short description and your long description. Just how you describe the book, I think they might be faced with that blank box on like a fill-in form on Amazon <laughs> when you describe the book, and they just start typing, as opposed to have spending time months in advance, really getting their head around, what is this book about in the big A-B-O-U-T, you know, like not, this is a story of a kid who took a journey somewhere, like what is it about existentially, <laughs> like what, it, tell me the story of like, why do I want to read this? book um, and the reviews that they need to get and highlighting those reviews at the very top, particularly if they're from reputable sources. So there's a lot of pre-work that needs to get done, lining up your metadata and having it ready so that when you're asked anything about your book, data-wise, you should be able to like go back to some sort of a spreadsheet or a Word doc or however you're organizing yourself or a database and just like pluck it out because you've already thought it through. It shouldn't be like, oh, I got to come up with a description for my book right away. Should be no right away about that. So if someone has a book coming out in advance, let's say it's Christmas, we're now uh, in June, July, what, what should they be doing? If it's July right now, um, you should be finishing up the editing, the developmental editing, you should be finishing up the the title, you know, I mean, sorry, the cover and, and things of that nature, but you should not be thinking that now I'm going to publish this book in August. There should be several months after all of that developmental work is done where you're now doing the marketing plan for the book. The idea is that when your on-sale date hits, which can be, um, you know, anywhere, I mean, plan it out. If this is a Christmas book, then, you know, you, you want to probably have it on sale November or so. Now is when you start to plan how you're going to market it, how you're going to get the pre-sales, how you're going to get people to want to buy it when it becomes available. So there's a lot of stuff you can do in that space. Um, and I would just advise thinking through a marketing plan at this point. And where would you start there? I would call professional marketer, (laughs) a book marketer to kind of think through. I mean, there are, if you want to get really simplistic, and I'm surprised that sometimes 
people haven't really even done gone to this place where I, I hesitate to say this because it sounds so simple, but like get an Excel, open an Excel spreadsheet maybe. And like on the top, write down, what are you going to do for paid advertising? Who, what are, who are the media that you're going to reach out to? And then just start listing this stuff down. Like who are the influencers in your space that you're going to reach out to? Who are you going to send review copies to so that you can get reviews of the book and just make a list of all of the things so that you can check them off as you kind of walk through and go down because it's not just about taking out Facebook ads when the book is ready and available for sale and just continuing to push people to buy. It, there's other things too with the reviews and again, the influencers and it, there can be some trade advertising perhaps. And there's also you out in the world just chatting up other people's books in your genre. That's a really great way to market your own book. I mean, our marketing director sometimes says that when you're out in the world talking, 30% about what you're talking about should be about your stuff and 70% should be about other people's stuff. You should be a huge proponent of what's going on in your genre. And you'll be, you'll be seen as somebody who knows something about this space and people then in that genre will be interested in, in reading you. Um, and that's really important. Everything you do can't be buy my book, buy my book, buy my book. So, so still just uh, you know, positing themselves as the expert. Even if, it, even mm-hmm. if it's genre fiction, you're still saying, well, these are all the great genre fiction books like mine. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and don't be afraid because publishing is, should be and is a very generous industry. I mean, people who read one book on World War II are going to read another book on World War II. So you can very, very easily feel comfortable promoting other books that are like your book, because I think that's just that's just how this industry is. And, and it, it will help you. I don't think that will hurt you. And how would you recommend they go about reaching out to influencers? That's got to be in your space. Sliding into the DMs? (laughs) Yeah, you could. You definitely could. I mean, I think about that in terms of the people that reach out to me, because people will reach out to me in in the context of my job. And um, I will say just for... just to, to be clear, I, I don't review books, so I am not always the best person to reach out to, but people will reach out to me and, and ask me questions. And that's that's basically it. You just got to have the, you know, just just do it. Just reach out and say, hey, be generous at the top. Be like, I'm not sure if this is something that you do or if it's in your wheelhouse, but in case it is, um, I have this book that I think would be really interesting. It fits what you do because I noted that you are X, Y, and Z. So make sure you explain why why they are a good fit for this. And it's not a blanket statement. Um, and your influencers, that's a hard one for me because, I mean, it really depends on what circles you're running in. Then you start to see where those influencers are. What hashtags are you following on Twitter? Who's, who is in that space that's really vocal? That stuff can kind of help push some things out. Talk to other authors in your genre go to writers conferences and talk to people and talk about who they know and who they reach out to. It's a very generous community. So that could help as well. If you are really keen on the publishing side, I know, you know, a lot, of, I think a lot of the people you work with might really just want to be on the author side, but if you're interested in the business of publishing, yes, a publishing conference like IVPA Publishing University could be a good, good thing to do too. And what is that? Tell me a little bit more about publishing university. That is our association's annual conference that we hold in April of every year. And it is um, all things publishing, the business of publishing. So we absolutely have classes on metadata, like hours and hours long workshops on how to get your metadata right. Um, the marketing classes are absolutely 
loved and by far the best attendance. So we do different marketing, how to market your books um, in more specific ways. Uh, we do some high-level conversation this year. We had um, the CEO of Barnes & Noble, James Don, is our keynote to talk about what is the relationship between independent bookstores and independent publishers, and can we make that relationship stronger? So we try to do some of those more industry-level conversations at the keynote space and then make the breakouts really, really practical and then take field trips around whatever city we're in. So <laughs> we'll be in Orlando, Florida in 2022. So I imagine there will be a, some Disney some Disney stuff going on, I'm sure. So what is ahead for publishing? I don't know. There's, there's a lot of sense of people really want to start getting back together and having conversations about how to move forward. So I'm interested to see what will happen with um, our, our big events in the industry. In terms of books, I mean, we, we did not see publishers. Publishers had a good year. Publishers made more money this year. If you, if you watch the trade news, you saw that in general, book publishers were not hurt too much. People were reading a lot during the pandemic, but the independent bookstores and bookstores in general did not have a great year. Um, so that side of our industry, we've got to figure out what's going to happen there and how much that might change because that's a big part of the supply chain for a lot of people. Um, I think we'll just see Amazon will always be a big presence in our industry and we'll see it continue to be a big presence in our industry and we'll figure out how to work with that and how to work with under their rules because they're certainly not going to um, mitigate their rules based on what might be easier for us as a the tiny, tiny little book publishing industry. Um, so we'll see, you know, how those relationships move forward. And, you know, in general, I think people are just going to be interested in getting back together as they can and, and where they can. That was Angela Bull, CEO of the Independent Book Publishing Association. Thanks go out to her and Stephen Spots for joining the podcast. As always, please like, share, follow, subscribe, comment on the Book Baby Spotlight on your podcast platform of choice so we can help reach more listeners. Uh, if you want to learn more about publishing with Book Baby, our reps are waiting to hear from you. Info at bookbaby.com or 877-961-6878. We'll be back next month. Until next time, stay safe, everyone.